Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans, for fans. Welcome to the FA Cup Final Podcast. My name's Andy Mitten and I'm walking down Euston Road from St Pancras to Euston. Going to meet some United fans, some mates. It's a beautiful day in London. I've not seen any football fans yet. I've seen fans of Wasps and uh, Saracens. And um, I'm going to go to Euston. We've got people coming in from Manchester. Um, with a friend of mine, Ian, who's absolutely buzzing because he's got a ticket lives abroad now so he can't always get to uh, enough games to get get tickets but he's been watching United for 40 odd years and he got a ticket a couple of days ago off mates uh, helping him out and he was telling me that in 2007 for the final he came to Wembley and he, he didn't get in so what did you do? well watched the game in the pub with all the lads as, yeah. as down Finchley Road um, after the match we all went out on the piss and then the la- around Euston, some um, King's Cross way. Last thing I remember is bouncing about in a pub, everyone off their head, blitzed. And that was it, I kind of can't remember anything else. And about two o'clock in the morning, I was found slumped, semi-conscious in a doorway opposite some Pancras station. Luckily by my mate Clean here, he's walking past with a couple of lads. So they like dragged me to their hotel where I crashed out. So you'd just been on it all day and because you didn't go into the game that was another well, three hours drinking time. Yeah, that's it really. That's what happens. Walking past O'Neill's, I've been in there with the Cockney Reds a few times after London away matches. You've been going London away for years. If, if you ever, was that a one-off incident or have you ever like fallen asleep on a train or anything like that? Um, yeah, another time, probably about 93 or 94 away game in London. We're drinking in a pub around the corner from the line and lamb which was shut that day for some reason all the lads were in there got blitzed pissed and stoned as usual and then I was supposed to get a train back to Luton on Thameslink um, fell asleep woke up in Bedford I thought shit right so I stayed on the train and wait, waited for it to go back the other way fell asleep again woke back up back in woke up back in King's Cross so I had to wait again and get the train and try and stay awake till I got to Luton and eventually I got there about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning it was. How are you feeling today ahead of the cup final between United and Chelsea? Uh, excited. Um, I hope, obviously I hope United are going to win. Um, yeah, we've just got to win really. And um, I'm, I, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, That Tottenham semi-final has given my confidence of United getting a result here a big lift and I know United are terrible at Stamford Bridge but we've got a good record against Chelsea yeah. at Old Trafford we beat them recently Chelsea are a fading force and this isn't a, a, a great United team by any stretch but yeah. they do get results yeah like they've been crap recent weeks we've been better than them but although not, not that much more apart from a semi so yeah I, I reckon we can do them today I think we like and then uh, you know, give a pop send off to the to the season then, and everyone everyone will be happy. 
does feel great, doesn't it, in London on a day like today? Oh, it's brilliant. It's buzzing. FA Cup final. It's still a big deal, isn't it? I mean, yeah, of course it is. Like, moments watching United. Well, I, I went to the first final. Was in '83. Yeah. So that's 35 years ago. So. How much was a ticket for that? I think I saw um, one. Can't remember. Paul Steve Armstrong put one on. Uh, before five pounds standing behind the goal where, where did you stand yeah it? i stood behind the goal as well for that so yeah. but i can't remember how much it was to be honest the we're at the rocket pub which looks like it's full of football fans just try to see if it's united I think it is united and um gonna head i don't know kilburn whatever we've got friends who are everywhere so it's united eh? yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have, um, have a look, see who's about. Alright, Sam. There's Pat there. Right. We're going to see where the day takes us. <laughs> yeah, the Rockets definitely united. You can see loads of events here. <laughs> Pat, you're on the United Stand podcast. You're confident today? Confident at nil-nil. Give over. <laughs> what do you think will happen? Not a lot. Do you think United will win? Or you're not? I'd like to think so. Yeah? What have you made of this season? Poor. Yeah? Poor and negative. Yeah? What, um, who've been your best players? And who's most disappointed for you? Disappointed as a manager. Yeah? Yeah, you look at the two games where we're 2-0 down, City and Palace. Yeah. Take the shackles off, we need yeah. to do it, we can do it. Yeah. Why not do that every game? Yeah. I don't blame the players. What does the FA Cup mean to you? It's tradition, the FA Cup, you got to win it, it's a big trophy. Yeah. Just a, your, your dad passed away last year. This is your yeah. first one that, without your dad. Where you've seen FA Cup final, yeah. Since, uh, yeah. Right, Gene. You doing? You alright? Sound to you? So yeah, fucking belting here, full of United fans outside the rocket. Having a good time. Moved on from Euston Station, loads of United fans around. An absolutely stunning day, got the train up to Kilburn High Street and I'm in a pub called The Old Bell. I've just been joined by a young man, what's your name? Georgie. How old are you Georgie? Eight. And tell me what you've done for your day out so far today. Uh, so I just went out and now come to this pub called the Old Bell and now I'm going to go to the game. Where are you from? Manchester Sale. And who are your favourite United players? Uh, used to be Mkhitaryan until he got sold and now it's Lingard. And is this your first time to Wembley? No, it's my seventh. Your seventh time to Wembley. Yes. You're a lucky boy. You know, I had to beg my dad to take me to the 1985 FA Cup final when I was 12. Begged him. And do you know what he said? What? No. So I, was, so I took him to the 1990 FA Cup final. Does your dad bring you? Uh, yes. What's your dad called? Pete. And I think people listening to this might know your dad because Pete Boyle sings lots of songs at the games. Does he sing at home? What, just like you're doing your own work and he walks in singing about, like, Cantona or Lily the Pink? It's normally when I'm not doing any work or anything, he starts singing. To, uh, to your mum? 
Not to anyone, really. He just sings. Just sings to himself? What, yeah. In the bath, in the shower, or just walking around the house? Just walking around the house. And does he try making up new songs? Does he practice his own songs? Uh, yes. Yeah. Do you join in the songs with him? When I get it in my head, I do. What's your favourite United song? Uh, it's probably the 1999 one. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, what a night. Yeah. You've, your T-shirt is beautiful. It's an album cover from the wedding present with George Best on it. Really, I really like that. It's, it's um, very, very nice. So, are you confident today? Do you think United can win? I'm not that confident, but I think we might just win. Yeah? Yeah. You came to the semi-final against Tottenham? Yeah, my dad didn't. Your dad didn't? No. <coughs> but you did? Yeah. Who did you come with? My granddad. Wow. You're a very lucky boy. Can we have um, a score prediction, please? Uh, I think we'll win 2-1. And who's going to get the goals? Uh, Rashford will score and Lingard. Then I think Hazard will score for... That's very specific prediction. Are you looking forward to the summer when the season finishes? A break from football or, or not really? I'm looking forward because uh, I'm excited to see who what transfers we all make. And which players do you think United should sign? And who United, would you like to see sell? I already know one player United have signed. Oh, really? Tell me. Alexandro. Right, they've signed him? Okay. And Has that been done? Yeah, but we're not going to play him today. No, I know. No, he's not signed already. And uh, it looks like we might sign Neymar. Do you know Alexandro's a United fan? Uh, is he? He's a United fan. And he used to watch United before he moved to Italy to play for a team called Juventus. And he used to ask the other players at Juventus, and nobody knows this, so this is an exclusive for you only. He used to ask the players at Juventus who'd been at Manchester United what it was like to play for Manchester United. And I asked some of those players what Alexandro was like. They said he's very strong and would be perfectly suited for the Premier League. And he loves Man United and he plays at left back. So, have you seen him play? Uh, I know him a lot and he's like the best left fullback in the world. And I really think that if we sign it will make a big difference. So, you've said he's signed. Can I write that then? Is that, fact, is that a fact? Yeah. yeah. Do you know how much he costs? Just so I can get all the details right in my article. He'll be something like... 70 million. Right, so if I put Alexandro has signed because George has told me and it will cost quote something like 70 million. Is that pounds or, or maybe euros? 50 million. Or maybe 50 million. So yeah. if the reader reads that, then at least they'll have a good idea how much Alexandro's cost. Yeah. So when will he play his first game for United? Uh, the first game for season next season. Fantastic. Anyone else for signing? I really think that'll be my sign, Neymar. Yeah, you might, Neymar. God, you could you could make my summer very lucrative if you're going to tell me who United are signing. Do you think it might happen? Yeah. Neymar, what will he cost? He'll cost over like a hundred, over a hundred million. Right. Are you confident Neymar will come to Old Trafford? Not confident, but it keeps saying how he might sign, so I've, I think he might still come. But he can't speak English. He's from Brazil. He's lived in Spain. Why would he move to Manchester apart from money? Um, I think just be because. You might like United, like how Alexander still really likes United. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, well, I've, I've um, written stuff about Neymar for a long, long time because I, I write about Barcelona. I've not heard anything about Man United from him, unfortunately. But Alexander, I've definitely heard that. 
So I'll let you go to your dad. Any songs you can sing for us? Um, sing them now. Just well, just a little one now. We had a we had a Watford fan on last week singing Elton John. So go on, you've got to do our first song. Freddy Freds, Freddy Freds, Freddy Freds, Freddy Freds. From within shore, he's born to fight. He's born to play in red and white. So listen close. He's got to flight like Manchester. Rashford is red. 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 From Wevin Shore, he's born to fight. He's born to play in red and white. So listen close. It must be said that Manchester. Rashford is red. Brilliant. Well done. Thanks for talking to us. Shake your hand. Hope you have a nice day, Georgie. Um, and you're a regular on the podcast. Just uh, describe the scene here four hours before the 2018 FA Cup final. I know you were watching the Royal Wedding avidly. I didn't know you were a Royal watcher. Fuck <laughs> off. No, no, I wasn't. Neither were No, you were. No, no. I was watching the young lad there, Georgie. Um, it's a lovely day. We're all in shorts, which is odd for a Cup final. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not as confident as a lot of other people today. I just think um, the league game that we played against them two months ago, I thought it was the poorest standard of United and Chelsea match. For you, you did a podcast after this game and you got a bit of stick for it because you were pretty negative. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. United had just beaten the champions, but you weren't convinced by the performance. No, I, I thought it was a really poor standard of game. I thought, um, you know, I, I thought the man of the match was Matic and maybe De Gea, which, which says a lot about the type of game it was. Um, you, you, want, you want to see the players like Hazard and Sanchez you know, come alive in games like this and I, I'm a bit worried that today will be the, pretty similar I can see not many goals and you know, uh, you know, both teams trying to grind out a win yeah. so People are starting to sing in the back of the beer garden I know we've had our worst ever year selling United we stands but the weather at recent away games and, and Watford was beautiful West Ham away was really beautiful as well today's great so maybe our luck is turning eh yeah yeah and we've got we've got um, somebody selling it today hopefully we can um, you know get sell a few yeah Murph's been been selling um, Coach Park yeah yeah we're still deciding on the summer issue we've done a summer issue for I think the last 12 years but I think if we don't win that I'd really knock my confidence in the idea Printing it, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. did really well last year because you, you, you know a lot of the summer issues are often of, of United winning trophies and yeah. you know people having a good time, stories that sort of stuff. Yeah. The one went, the one went really well last year. Yeah, yeah. Ten years since we did the, yeah, ten years since we did the one after after Moscow. Aaron, you're often regular on the, the podcast. How are you feeling? Um. Well, I'm, I'm enjoying the day so far. It's lovely, isn't what it? What has your day consisted of? Uh, a drive down. To, uh, with my dad to Watford Hilton uh, just a 70s block of a hotel so you're staying in uh, Watford tonight staying in Watford tonight yeah um, how much was your hotel for tonight uh, about 140 quid with breakfast right so there's two of you you and your dad are going yeah, down yeah in, in, in a twin room yeah 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 <laughs> Not cuddling. <laughs> yeah. I was relieved when we opened the door and there were two beds, not oh, one. Yeah. In a double. Yeah. Have you never, have you never shared a, a bed with a man before? Um, I have. have yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've shared, I've shared beds with plenty of men, but yeah, I was just relieved today. I remember on the pre-season tour of Tokyo in '97, it was so off the scale expensive 
that me and Steve Black, all we could afford was a single room. It was, Japan's actually quite cheap now, but it was so out of our price range. I, sh- I went head to toe in a single bed. With Blackie, and I've also shared a double bed with Bojan Jordic, right. who got me into Antwerp on false pretenses. And me. Um, have I shared a double bed with you? Yeah, yeah, no when? way. Oslo. Pre-season no. 2012. No, I didn't do anything. I've got a date if you give me a minute. No, I'd rather not. No. Um, my own dad's coming down on a train with my little brothers, and right. they're absolutely buzzing for it and I think it's great it's the FA Cup final yeah. just seeing so hundreds of United fans outside the Rocket at Euston loads half of Manchester seems to be stood outside that pub and I mean, just yeah, it's great isn't it? I mean I remember when I was a kid the FA Cup final always seemed to be a good day you know yeah. weather wise and you, you go to the shop with your 50p and buy uh, a quarter of sarsaparillas and come on watch the game and it was always, always a really nice day remember in 99 it was a great day uh, weather wise but I've not, I've not passed too much thought on the match yet. Um, you know, as the hours roll on, I'm sure I will. But um, leading into it, I just, both, I think both both teams have finished the season so flat, and it's such a massive game for both both sides. I was really confident a couple of years ago against Palace, and we could have copped it up that day. Uh, we didn't in the end, luckily. Um, yeah, I just hope, I just hope, I just hope. Um, yeah, I mean, if we win, however we win, you know. A win's a win today. That's that's the most important thing. You'll get to see it, Chris, who's sat next to us. You've not got a ticket, have you? And you come down to London. No, What's no. the story here? Uh, well, we were hopeful of one, uh, but we got let down yesterday. Uh, my train was already booked, which was about fifty quid, so I decided to come down anyway. And uh, yeah, still up, still waiting for one, basically. So a young man has just come up to me and told me that he wants my job and he's holding a, a pint of beer and I said, well, you know, that's, that's very nice but I've got to have a cup of tea here because I've got to work today. What's your name? I've seen you around. Leon. Where are you from? Bradford. Bradford, West Yorkshire? Yep. And how are you feeling about the game today? We're going to beat them 3-0. Yeah? I hope so. How many games have you been to this season? Quite a few. Yeah? Seen you at the European away. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you go with? My dad. What's your dad called? Slim. I know, everyone knows Slim who goes, goes <laughs> to the game, don't they? And who has disappointed you most this season among United's players? Pogba, definitely. Why? Why? I just don't think he's give it all, give it all, everything that he's got. Who's been your player of the year? So, Nick De Gea, again, okay. again. And tell us about football support in Bradford because I know there's some United fans I know Tom Cleverley grew up there as a Manchester United yeah, did, fan yeah. um, I'd imagine there's a lot of Leeds there Bradford City themselves get 19,000 yeah yeah they do and yet it's also got strong associations with rugby you live there tell me what it's like there's a lot of United fans there's, yeah. de- there's a decent fan base from Bradford yeah um, they all hate Leeds so yeah is there a lot of Leeds fans there? Yeah, there's a lot of Leeds fans in Bradford, yeah. You've got to deal with them on a daily basis at work and stuff. And rugby fans? Yeah, no-one's asked about rugby in Bradford, yeah. not really. And would, you, would the football support come from all areas of the community? Because there's a big Pakistani population in Bradford as well. Yeah, there, there is, yeah. So, yeah. But don't see many United, though, from Bradford, so yeah. who knows? And Bradford City, I mean, they're getting 19,000 with them cheap season tickets that they do. Yeah, about, well, about 150 a ticket or 170 a ticket, something like that, yeah. yeah. For the season ticket? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's incredible. Cheap, isn't it? Yeah. Not like United. <laughs> um, so, why just Port United? Just following my dad's footsteps, really. No other reason. And why is your dad's Port United? 
She's been going since early 70s, so Is he? yeah, yeah. Coming over. Coming over, he's got mates over here and stuff like that, so just following his If it had been a Leeds fan, I'd have been a Leeds fan, so yeah. just lucky to support United. Um, I'm having a battle with my own daughters at the moment. One of them requested to go to school in a Manchester United kit on Monday, which I was delighted about. The other one's telling me that she supports Barcelona because they're better and Messi's better. And she said Messi's got five golden balls this week. Um, how many of the United players got so I can tell the kids in school? I'm just like, that's completely flum- flummoxed me, that. And do you know United fans from other towns in West Yorkshire? Yeah, Would it be like the Halifax Reds? Yeah, there's some Halifaxes. Believe it or not, there's some from Leeds that go as well yeah. to United. Yeah, no, I know. There's a lot. There's a lot. They're a big fan base from Yorkshire. And how have you come down today? From, We've got a train down from Leeds. From Leeds? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever get any stick off Leeds fans? Yeah, quite a bit, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of Leeds fans who I work with and stuff like that. And they haven't been, well... Saying they finished second, they've been playing poorly quite a bit this season, haven't they, as well, so yeah. you get a lot of stick. We had James Brown on, a well-known Leeds fan, on, a, on this podcast in September, and he was talking confidently of Im- an imminent promotion back to the Premier League, and it just fell oh, apart. They always say that, though, don't they? They're, always, they're, always, they're worse than scousers, aren't they? What's Bradford like as a city? Because I've been in the centre, there's some beautiful old Victorian yes. buildings. It's a big city, it's 400,000 people. They're trying to do it up a bit now. It's, it's a lot better than what it used to be, but you can't change clientele, can you? Score prediction for today? 3 0 United. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Top man. So the atmosphere starting to build now in a pub in, in Kilburn with a gentleman from Vancouver Island? Yeah, yeah, he was originally yeah, he was born in Withington. Yeah. Uh, lived in Manchester, he was 21, then moved to Vancouver Island, Victoria, British Columbia. Why did you move there? Just the, econ- the economy in England at the time, if you remember, then we did our three day weeks and all that. So, so that was early just, 80s? Yeah, well, late 79. All right, I yeah, know. I remember when that was, was on a three day week. But it was a mess, you know, yeah. so, and I was only a young lad then. I moved to Canada, I had family in Canada, and right. it really has been the best move I've ever made. But uh, you know, it's, it's a long way to go to United games, but I've managed to do pretty well over the years. I, I see you on pre season tours, yeah. you certainly travel around. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. A, a, a lot a lot to them. How often would you come to Manchester? Once a year or something? Yeah, something like that. It just depends. Sometimes I've done a lot of World Cups too, Andy. You know, I've done eight, uh, this has been my eighth World Cup, yeah. done six yeah. Euros. I've done all four European Cup finals with United. Didn't do six. 68, you're so young. Um, I've done, I've done every US tour. Yeah. I was here against Palace. Here. You know, I've done six, eight, six, eight FA Cups over the last 20 years. So you just flown in for this? Yeah. So tell me how you... Is there a direct from Vancouver to London? Uh, yeah, it's quite easy actually. Um, I live on Vancouver Island, as I say. It's a little short, yeah. what we call a puddle jumper. Flight yeah. over to Vancouver, nine-hour flight at McGatwick. Right, and yeah. how much does that cost? Uh, it was pretty cheap, 950 Canadian dollars uh, return, which is about, you know, wait, 750 US, something like that. How would you describe Manchester United support in, in Canada or in Western Canada? It's very good, actually. I know of five lads from Victoria, BC that are actually here today. Um, wow. You know, which is, you know, it's a, it's a city. It's a city. It's a, Canadians? Um, Three expats, two Canadians. And another mate of mine is from Philly, Jason, he does all the tours with me. Um, so, you know, there's a group of us that do a lot of US tours, basically. I've seen you. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that following United in Vancouver has changed immeasurably from when you arrived to now. I'd imagine you can watch almost every game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and that, in, in, in one way, is absolutely very positive because I can see every game, but in another way, 
we've lost the community a little bit. In the early days, in 91, 92, we'd all have to get together in a pub. Uh, of course, being on the West Coast, the games are on it. A lot of the games are on at 7 o'clock in the morning when they play City or the Scouts. You know, the early kickoffs in England, so they're on at bloody hour 4 in the morning. So we can't get the lads together. It's very difficult to get people together when they can roll out of bed and turn the telly on. You know. so we've lost the community a little bit, but that said, there's still a group of us. We still get together for the big matches. Many of us do the tours. I was in China, I was in Aussie, I did Thailand, you know. I've been all over, and uh, some of the younger lads are starting to do what I do. I'm getting a bit long in the tooth now. And would there be fans uh, of Liverpool or of Barcelona or of Real Madrid or Celtic or Rangers? Would the same kind of communities exist? Because yeah. a lot of Scottish people move to Canada. Yeah, Victoria, where I live, uh, you know, Vancouver Island, is, is very, very uh, European, basically. There's not as many Real Madrid or Barca. Uh, but there's certainly a decent amount of Scousers and a uh, fair few Rangers, Celtic and all the other People still clubs. move into Canada? Is there still the same levels yeah, of immigration? No, or? not as much. It's harder to get in, but there's still people that move there. It yeah. is really a, a lovely place to live, great standard of living. And, yeah. You know, personally, I've done very well there. So. And Gary Whelan, who listens to this podcast, who is in the Happy Mondays and still is in the Happy Mondays, he, in he lives in Canada. He's yeah. over, um, over Toronto way. Yeah, yeah. Um, how have you felt about United this season? Well, I think it's pretty standard, really. I mean, you never know which team's going to show up. You know, is it is it the team that that, that, that trumped Liverpool or beat City in the second half, or and played very very well in the semi against Spurs, or is it the team that played Brighton or West Brom? You know, you never know what you're going to see when you turn the box on or or go to the match. That's the disappointing thing. You know, they've got it in them, but they don't always bring it. And, Oh, you know, it leaves you worried a lot of the time, you know, frankly. It's not sure who's going to show up today. Brilliant. Just walking out of Wembley Park Tube Station, seeing the first Chelsea fans around. <laughs> and uh, a United We Stand readers just come up. What's your name? Ian. Ian. And there's three generations of your family three, here? Three generations, yeah. All Hughes is from uh, Chester. How are you feeling about today? Uh, apprehensive, but hopefully, hopefully we can do it. Hopefully we can do it. I was there in Moscow and I would have given anything that evening for Terry to miss that penalty. So hopefully, touch wood, we'll do it again, do it again. I was here for the first game as well when Drogba scored that fluky goal. Bad game, so, that. Bad, no, bad it was game. a bad game, yeah. So yeah. your dad, what's your name? Archie. And how old are you, if you don't mind 70. me asking? You're 70. Yeah. And have you seen United play here before at Wembley? No. This is your first, first time? time. First wow, time. so with your son and your grandson. Yes. You used to go to Old Trafford in the 60s, didn't you? Oh, did yeah, you? In the 60s, yeah. yeah, so who was your favourite player in the 60s? George Best. Yeah? And now, with modern generation? Um, was that a struggle asking that question? No, it is at the moment, yes. Yeah. Um, prediction for today, please? 1 uh, 0. United. Grandson, what's your name? Uh, Luke. How old are you? I'm 13. And who's your favourite United player? Um, Ander Herrera. Why? He holds, the, he, he's just good at everything. <laughs> um, have you been to Wembley before? Uh, yeah, it's fifth, my time, fifth time. time. You're a lucky lad. <laughs> You're a really lucky lad. What's your best memory from Wembley? Uh, Marshall's winner against Everton. Will he get another one today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unlikely, isn't it, with him? But, but anyway, we'll see. So we're going to walk down onto Wembley Way now. Nice to meet you all. And you? Yeah. We appreciate the support of our sponsors, which help keep this podcast free for you to enjoy. Uh, Harry's is a razor company. It's based in the United States. They've got over 3 million 
regular subscribers to their blades and they're offering United We Stand listeners a trial set for only £2.95 it should be £11.50 if you go to harrys.com forward slash united you can train claim your trial set will be delivered to your door uh, I've I've received one I've used it I liked it it's a decent shave The you get shaving gel it's all very nicely packaged and you get razors with five blades at a very decent price especially compared with other five blade razors and how they did that harry's bought a factory in germany with over 100 years of blade making experience and they thought that by controlling the entire blade making process and selling over the internet they could keep the cost down give you a high quality shave at a better price so if you go to harrys.com forward slash united and then for £2.95 you'll get a weighted ergonomic razor handle you get the the blades the shave gel a travel blade cover as well and you can subscribe you can have them delivered to you as frequently or as infrequently as you like or you can just buy them outright if you want to do it I suggest you just try it see if you like it and and take it from there Half time at Wembley and Manchester United are a, a goal down against Chelsea. United have not really been at the races and I think the first effort on goal came in the 44th minute. I think Pogba's first meaningful interaction came in the 43rd minute. Um, so it's very frustrating to watch. United are very defensive. They've put Ander Herrera doing a man-marking job onto Eden Hazard um, and Herrera often looks like a centre-half. However, it was Hazard, who both won the penalty and took the penalty, which gave Chelsea the lead after 20, 21 minutes. Um, United really need to improve in this second half. It just hasn't been good enough. And it reminds me a bit of the... Remember the 95 FA Cup final against Everton? More than that 2007 final against Chelsea. Uh, so United need to come behind, like they did against Tottenham in the, the semi-final but they're playing within themselves at the moment very defensive and I don't know I, I'm always optimistic because that's just my nature when I watch Manchester United uh, I was even optimistic against when I was here in uh, January against Tottenham but I don't, that was complete misplaced optimism but it's one goal down at half time big big 45 minutes this now maybe even more than that if it goes into extra time uh, atmosphere is pretty alright it's not quite as raucous as it was for the semi-final in fact the fans don't seem quite as beery and there's a lot more neutral fans inside the, inside the stadium uh, the flags before the game looks quite smart in the United end there was a couple for Sir Alex Ferguson one for Samat Busby and a big one for, for Ray Wilkins um, I spoke to Phil Neville he was as confident as I was before the game and spoke to Heidi Good Johnson, a former Chelsea player, and he often winds me up about Man United, so hopefully I'm not going to give him a chance to wind me up anymore when his former club beat Manchester United. So, fingers crossed, come on. Well, that was that. United couldn't get the goal. Lost again to Chelsea, 1-0 in an FA Cup final. After that first half performance, there was an improvement in the second half. It took until the 56th minute for Manchester United to have a first shot on target. That was Marcus Rashford. And Chelsea just looked too comfortable containing United 
all afternoon. It's very frustrating, much like this season. There's so much talent among United's attackers, and yet there's so little threat from those very attackers. Is it down to the players? Is it down to the way that the manager's getting them to play? Not every player is happy with the direction given by the manager. But then that's nothing unusual. Players tend to have that state of mind when the team's not doing as well as they should be. And Manchester United certainly haven't done as well as they should be in since the Manchester derby, I think, uh, in April. The season's just died out. Some of the football's been really poor. There's been a succession of non-events. And there's a real flatness around, which could have been lifted had United won the FA Cup. And with Mourinho winning 14 of his 16 finals as a manager, I was confident. And I think that optimism was shown on this podcast pre-match, but it wasn't to be. And I'm glad this season's over. I just feel that Manchester United and football perhaps need a break from each other. And I, I feel pretty much the same. And just annoying it's so so annoying because this is not a great Chelsea team either and Monday's the 10th anniversary since Moscow when Manchester United and Chelsea were the best two teams in the world they both pushed each other and helped each other become the best two teams in the world and then what then we have two teams in decline and slight desperation about United I saw and heard United fans singing for Cristiano Ronaldo today because they want him to stop Liverpool winning a sixth European Cup. And that's football banter. That's part of the sentiment. And it'd be the same the other way around. But it does show that United are hoping on other people rather than themselves. Uh, there are a lot of poor performances today at Wembley. Um, I don't think Paul Pogba did anything effective until just before half time and, and he's so frustrating to watch because he's a great player he's got it in him but he's not had a great season and you know him and his relationship with the manager needs to be resolved before anyone talks about the players who are coming in and the players are going there needs to be more of an understanding between the players who are already here and it's not just about the players who United want to get rid of and I'm seeing the same phrases repeated that I've seen two, three, four, five years ago Deadwood there's players who actually want to leave who are not Deadwood because of the style of football that Manchester United are playing. And yet set against all that, Jose Mourinho, who I like, has led United to 81 points and second place. And would that seem quite so bad if Manchester City didn't have 19 more points or if Liverpool weren't going to Kiev for the final next week? I don't think it, it, it would have done. 81 points would have been enough to win the league and in some of the previous years, not many of them, and this has never looked like a, a title winning team and that's another part of the frustration. There was never a race, there was never a title race, it was over, it was over in October. That draw at Anfield, the defeat at Huddersfield, I can't remember any United fans at the start of November thinking that there was a title race going on here, so that that knocks people's perceptions it knocks how people feel about about their club. Uh, the FA Cup run was a, a nice uh, distraction. It kept the season alive. The win against Tottenham was really good in the semi-final, but that just couldn't be reproduced today against against Chelsea. There were some nice touches off the field. The atmosphere, I thought, was far better from United fans than it was from among the Chelsea fans. And I couldn't have said that two years ago when Palace were far better than United fans. 
and it was great before the game seeing everybody heard some of the people on the podcast people full of enthusiasm they're not going to stop going to games they're going to carry on going they're going to carry on seeing the mates and enjoying days out like today and I know it's all flat now after the event and the long journeys home but a lot of people had a good time only spoiled really by the game I walked through Kilburn, it's full of pubs with United fans, I didn't see a Chelsea fan, and I'm sure there were parts of West London where Chelsea fans didn't see a Manchester United fan either. So now the break and the silly nonsense of all the transfer stuff, which a lot of fans, especially younger fans, are absolutely addicted to, but I don't even have the same hopes that I would have had in previous seasons if United bought four or five of the best players in the world that they can make improvements because once bitten twice shy some of the players who've come in in recent years and ones which have elicited a very positive reaction from United fans they just haven't cut it could you say that Bastian's fine saga was a success or Angel Di Maria I remember buzzing off both of them coming to Old Trafford and there's something missing there's something missing about the recruitment at United and I know people um, agents for example who've met Manchester United and they've met Manchester City and they just say City are, are more advanced in their recruitment in the way that they do things they know exactly what they want there's more doubts about what United want um, City are far more specific United still give power to the manager but there's obvious um, influences if a player's got commercial value as well and this big hoorah about when a player signs, yeah, fine, I've got no problem if a player wants to dance around with no clothes on or play a piano or you know, bounce around to the moon or do whatever if it gets a lot of social media hits. But what is far more important than that is that the players perform and they're not performing to the expected levels, certainly not performing to the levels of remuneration. We've got some of the best players in world football at Manchester United who don't look anything like the best players in the world. United didn't come close to winning the Champions League this year. They didn't even start playing in the Champions League until 15 minutes to go against Sevilla. And that was so, so disappointing. Because I've watched a lot of Sevilla this year and they're not a great team. And then in the league, beating Chelsea, beating Liverpool, beating Arsenal, beating Manchester City away, beating Tottenham, and then losing against the three promoted teams, losing against West Brom at home. It's baffling. It's frustrating. It's annoying. And I still think that the fans are with Mourinho. If anything else, who else do you take? Who else would improve Manchester United if he took over tomorrow? Pep Guardiola would be the only one who I think. And that's not going to happen. And it hurts to say uh, Guardiola's name because he manages Manchester City. But we can't get into a cycle where people see the solution as changing the manager all the time there's just a far bigger jigsaw to fill in and I don't think it's for one man I think we've got to give Mourinho uh, until the end of a third year and judge him more harshly in a year's time but I can't see United winning the league next year I couldn't see United winning the league this year I predicted third at the start of the season so maybe they've surprised me that way and maybe the current feeling at the end of the season isn't an accurate reflection of the season as a whole because there were times this year when Manchester United were very good, clearly the best team since the Ferguson era. That Arsenal game in December away was one of the most exciting games of football I've watched this year. 
And I've been to 79 matches live this year around the world. That was one of the best. And there were lots of decent games involving Manchester United and lots of terrible games as well. So the players will go away. The World Cup will come in. There'll be a load of transfer nonsense around throughout with every player in the world being linked to Manchester United. What I said earlier on in the podcast to young Georgie about Alexandro, that's all true. Do I know he's definitely coming to United? No, no, I don't. Because he's not. Because there's no deal been done. Because Juventus don't want to sell him. There's so many variables, so many factors. But United will recruit. And it's a question of who and who goes and who stays. And if Mourinho can continue to push towards getting United to being one of the best teams in the world, which they should be, because it's one of the biggest teams in the world. So the next game, and I'll join you, from Phoenix, Arizona. I think Phoenix is in Arizona. And that's on the 19th of July. So we got a good feedback to the, the podcasts, which we did in America last year. I'm just weighing up whether to do a summer issue of United We Stand. We've done one for the last 12 years. And they've always sold well, but I just feel there's a real flatness around at the moment. So I need to make a decision about that in the next 24 hours to see if we can sell enough copies or predict selling enough copies. Uh, maybe I'll get some feedback, see what people want from that. But we appreciate your support in buying the mag this year and listening to the podcast. And you know, the mag don't survive off thin air. I saw a comment last week off one of my readers complimenting me because... He didn't switch off the ad notifications on some of the articles that I wrote. I thought, how desperate is that? So this is someone who doesn't pay a bean to read any of my stuff, but he compliments me by not switching off the ad notifications. I thought, gosh, is that the state of journalism at the moment? But the mag's surviving, the mag's, the mag's doing okay, despite the shocking weather we've had in Manchester this year. And we've got some good ideas for next year. We'll freshen everything up throughout the mag and with the podcast as well the podcast is not going to go away we won't be doing them um, as frequently during the summer because we don't have that run of two games a week which we've had we've done 70 podcasts this year that's taken a lot of effort and I don't think there's a single Manchester United podcast that's come close to that number certainly not been at all the games we've been at every single Manchester United game this year from Russia to Santa Clara from Manchester to Lisbon, we've been on pre-seasons in Norway, in Dublin, we've been everywhere and that takes a huge amount of effort to get that, to get the podcast done and edited and up within the next day in a way that they're fit to go out. But uh, we've, got, we've had a good feedback, we've had a few songs as well from people like Elton John, greatest fans, which brought complaints and smiles. So cheers for listening, um, I do hope the mood improves. Um, summer signings will certainly do that optimism will return because that's an inevitability of being a football fan and sometimes when I have a downer with United I think well wait a minute this is normal for 95% of football fans the vast majority of teams don't win trophies there are teams who finish 14th every year and when I saw all the United fans before the game I thought this is the community this is the most important thing about Manchester United is it brings all these people together from all different backgrounds, different religions and ages and sexes. and There's so much good that, that comes from that. If only the team could reproduce some of that good and improve and win trophies and get us back to being a truly great side. 
sadly I think we've got a little longer to wait for that to happen until next time Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Red. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.